Hello and welcome to our Vegas Nation podcast. It's been a long time, but we are back, baby. It's the offseason, and what we're here to do is we're going to preview the 2018 draft. I have the Raiders beat writer, Michael Gelkin, in studio. We're talking about, of course, the 2018 draft and also what John Gruden has done thus far as the head coach for the Oakland Raiders. Folks, let's get this thing cracking. Hello and welcome to Vegas Nation. It's our offseason pre-2018 draft special, and it's got to be special. We have Michael Gelkin in studio, of course, the Raiders beat writer, all the way from Alameda to Las Vegas. My man, it's good to see you in studio. Happy to be here. It's yes. good to, every time I get a chance to be in Las Vegas, it reminds me that it's all for something in terms of living in Oakland, which is great. But these Raiders, they are coming here, so it's good to be here. It's actually going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay. All right. Something else that is going to happen, the 2018 draft is going to, to happen. John Gruden is going to put his official stamp on the team. Before we get to that, what do you think about what Coach Gruden has done thus far as far as putting his stamp on the, the Oakland Raiders? It's been incredible. He's been busy. And that not just him, the other coaches on the staff, the front office. But you look at this Raiders roster already, more than 20 moves have been made since the start of March. 20 additions, I should say. Because that's not including the releases like Michael Crabtree. That was a big move. Trading Maze Alawale, trading Cordero Patterson, letting Marquette King go. And he wound up with the Denver Broncos. So... All this movement, through it all, you see a lot of veterans, a lot of veterans who are 30 and up coming onto this roster, more experienced at some critical spots. This is part of what John Gruden wanted. He wanted some experienced guys who played football. He felt the right way to really instill the type of culture he wants in his locker room. A lot of key additions that were made. Now, you mentioned a few of the key additions uh, and subtractions. One, a lot of people have talked about, you hear it on or see it on blogs and everything else, Marquette King. And, and him letting him go, obviously he's an all-pro punter. He's one of the best punters in all of football, and he goes to a team that's in the division. I guess, what were your thoughts on the fact that they, they let him go and, and just Gruden's explanation for letting him go? Well, I don't know if Gruden has spoken publicly about it yet, but what I've been told from speaking to Wynn Silverman, that's uh, Marquette Kane's agent, he and I spoke shortly following the release being made, and his conversations with the Raiders outlined what seems to be a change in philosophy when it comes to how much money they're willing to spend this year uh. at punter. And Marquette Kane, he is fantastic. And he was due $2.8 million in salary for a reason. But that $2.8 million, they're going to probably spend maybe a quarter of that when it's all said and done. Look for the Raiders to draft a punter before they actually release Marquette Keene. I'm told Rich Basaccia, the team's new special teams coordinator, he went to Texas and before the pro day interviewed or privately worked out Michael Dixon. He also privately worked out some other punters, including the one in Alabama. So uh, before, the, before the Raiders were deciding to, okay, let's move on from Marquette Keene and save some money, they first took a good look at this draft class, saw what was available, and felt comfortable moving forward to a younger, cheaper option. Okay, now some of the additions, I'd like to get your take on those as well. Jordy Nelson uh, basically coming in for Michael Crabtree, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, that, and, and uh, the muscle hamster. I, <laughs> Don't I call him that. He doesn't, he doesn't, like, he, that he doesn't like that name, yeah. Oh, okay, can I call him Mr. Martin then? Okay, yeah, the muscle, <laughs> I, I like the muscle hamster. He can't get to me in Las Vegas. That's true. <laughs> what, what are some of your, what are your thoughts on a, a couple of the guys that they've added to the team? I thought Jordy Nelson move was significant for the Raiders for a number of reasons. They've been looking to move on from Michael Crabtree. We've reported that one for months. Uh, signing Jordy Nelson enabled the team to do that. 
Some will ask, what does Jordy Nelson have left? He's on the other side of 30. He's not coming off of an especially productive year. The Raiders say, well, Aaron Rodgers was hurt for much of that year, the broken clavicle. Edgar Bennett, the team's wide receivers coach, oh. now was the wide receivers coach and offensive coordinator in Green Bay. So nobody is maybe more well-versed in what Jordy Nelson can and cannot do at this stage in his career. So the fact that Edgar Bennett signed up Sign off on this move tells you everything about the Raiders' confidence in Nelson moving forward. And do you think that Martin has a, a lot left in the tanks? I and mean, he seemed like he's been hurt every year for the past whatever years. But he was in Tampa, Gruden, Tampa, blah, blah, blah. I believe he's been in the league for, I want to say, about six years or so. The two years in which he played all 16 games, he rushed for more than 1,400 yards. The other four seasons, <laughs> he didn't reach 500 yards. And so... When he's healthy, when he's right, he's, we've seen what he can do. The Raiders didn't pay a right Doug Martin. They didn't really invest a ton. It's a one-year deal. It's not worth the whole ton. So they, it's, they view it as a bit of a you know, high-reward, low-risk type of maneuver. And ultimately, I think these are two moves that could help this offense. But defensively, that was a big part of this offseason, too. Rashawn Melvin. Sharice uh, Wright, Marcus Gilchrist, Tahir Whitehead. I mean, you go on and on and on. Uh, all levels of this defense, they felt they addressed. Now, you, you talked about defense and them addressing defense. Obviously, the draft is coming up. They have a pick in the uh, the first round, number 10, I believe, after mm -hmm. losing the coin toss. Yeah. Um, which is odd. Dramatic coin toss. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm hearing they're, they're going to go defense somewhere on the line, I believe, because they've kind of done something with the back end. I guess your thoughts on what they're going to do first round and then beyond, uh, you know, what the team is kind of looking at. You look at 2016, the Raiders in their first three picks went nothing but defense. In 2017, with their first three picks, they went nothing but defense. I don't know what they're going to do all of their first three picks. I think they need a wide receiver. They need offensive tackle. They certainly could go offense somewhere along the way of those first three rounds. But first round, you got to think it's going to be defense once again. If you're going to go on the defensive line, Vita Villa, you know, the Raiders, they missed out when it came to Nadama Kasu. He didn't even make his visit, but sure the Raiders didn't. were hoping to get him into the building. That didn't happen. If you're not going to sign a guy who can be that sort of presence in the interior, perhaps you can draft a guy. So that's one option for the Raiders. He strained his hamstring at the combine during the 40-yard dash, but he was expected to really light up Indianapolis. Didn't really get that chance. So physically, he could be that type of guy up front who keeps offenses honest from doubling and tripling Khalil Mack. But you it, you dub. Yeah, linebacker, we could see them go. Raquan Smith is a name you hear a lot, but... Otherwise, you know, I think if it's not linebacker, if it's not defensive line, maybe not Marcus Davenport, a kind of a raw edge rusher to develop behind Bruce Irvin and Khalil Mack. Theoretically, they could go somewhere in the secondary, but I think when you look at the moves that they made, you know, these, these stopgap type of veterans, you just kind of feel they've accepted not having this star-studded secondary in 2018. Instead, they're going to start building this defense in the front seven and eventually get to the back end in due time. And, and lastly, um I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on Navarro Bowman, uh, the fact that he's a free agent and they said they want him. I don't know if they want to pay him or whatever, but it, he did well in his time when he came to the Raiders. What, did he lead the team in tackles, I believe, or something like yeah. that? After Yeah. So uh, what, are your, what are you hearing about whether or not they're going to try to keep him around? They want him back. I believe that he's not back is a testament to the numbers simply not aligning between the two sides. And Raiders are offering what they're offering. The fact that Navarro Bowman is still available means he's not getting what he's looking for, perhaps 
from another team, uh, but we don't really, it's a lot of it, you know, it's been very quiet, the Raiders are keeping it quiet, Drew Rosenhaus, his agent is keeping it quiet, so ultimately we'll see. The Raiders would love, would love nothing more than by the time, you know, people are watching this at home and the Roku's are online, whatever it may be, that he's it. already signed, but if it's not, if it's not yet, trust that the Raiders are hoping that in due time it'll happen. Ideally, they'd like it to happen before the draft so they have some measure of a sense of what their needs are in their linebacker core. All right. Uh, I like the plug. Roku Television. You can watch Michael Gelkin on to, Roku baby. Television. Yeah. Really, really quickly, a grade right now of what you think John Gruden has done as head coach. I'll say you, or I, I should say, incomplete. Oh, there we go. That's good. Okay. I'll say right. you for unfinished, I for incomplete, whatever you want to say okay. about it. I, I, he's, I don't like giving grades to things. I don't like giving grades to the drafts. I don't like giving grades to free agency. The most mm. active team doesn't always mean the best team in terms of what they got out of free agency. But I think one thing for certain, even though the Raiders have moved on from Cordero Patterson via trade and they moved on from Marquette Keene as a punter, you look at what they've done from special teams. A guy like Keith Smith, a fullback uh, from, from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Kyle Wilbur, a linebacker, also from the Cowboys. These are guys that Rich Passaccia, former special teams coordinator of the Cowboys, knows very, very well. So I'm curious to see if, despite having moved on from some big names, the Raiders can somehow cultivate some young talent over the coming weeks through the draft and up ultimately upgrade this special teams unit. One thing is for certain, John Gruden has brought energy back to the <laughs> Raiders for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No doubt, no doubt. This guy has brought energy back to our studio here in Las Vegas. Beat writer Michael Gelkin of the Raiders. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Pleasure, buddy.